What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. It is Wednesday, April the 28th. Reyes is here with me as always, and we're going to break down our way-too-early preseason top 10 for the 3A. But before we do breaking news in Arizona Small Bowl, a brand-new coach at American Leadership Academy, Ironwood. Coach Ryan McCurdy. He was the, Reyes, I don't know if you heard about this guy, but this guy's a stud. He was the AD for ALA Ironwood this last year. Two years ago, he led ALA Queen Creek to the 3A championship. ALA Ironwood returned some really, really good players. Players. They have a good foundation. This is a great move for the basketball program over at ALA Ironwood. Looking back on that team two years ago that made it to the championship, they had some kids that really rebounded the ball well. Uh, they had some kids that really shared the ball well. Their team as a whole averaged about 15 assists per game. He had a couple of really nice stud players. Their center, who was kind of like their anchor of their team, averaged 17 and 10. He had a really nice wing who was a stud player. They also had a lot of balance on their team, though. They had some other kids that could definitely score the basketball outside of those two main kids that they had. Reyes, what would you rather have, a kid that can get you 30 every night or a team of, like, six kids averaging eight? I'm all about the team, Coach. So with me personally, I want the whole team to share and contribute to what they can believe. So what you just said, I want a kid that can get 14 and then the rest of the bench gets five or eight points a game. Dude, that's nice. I mean, that's tough. I mean, I guess in an ideal situation, I love the idea of having somebody that can go out and just get you 30. Just on a daily night. I mean, we, I mean, trust me, like I said, we've had kids like that where we just had a kid that could just, I don't know, where it's like, hey, we need this to happen. But okay, ends up with 34, 28, 36, 28, 26. Like a kid that can do that is so nice and so fun to watch because you get to watch like there are – in motion you know you get to see that in the in-game motion the stats the highlights all it's so fun but when you get everybody to do that in another way that's just as special it's just just as great i know and i mean that's kind of like i know that's the right answer and i think if, if you were to ask me really i would choose that it's also fun to think about man these teams are just doing everything they can to figure out how they can stop this kid and we've got all of these ways to do it that, you know, I know you remember a few years ago when we had a kid in the summer league when they just didn't have a kid who could guard him and they just kept throwing kid after kid at him. It was just, oh man, that was coach. That coach that was, was that coach was so mad. It was it was, down, it was here so valley, down here in the valley, and he was so mad he would just grab the kid by the jersey and just chuck him in there. And then as soon as he got beat off the ball, he would grab another kid and chuck him back in there. So that was great. That was so one of my most like fun memories about summer ball. Yeah, I know. That's great. And and I think the fact that Coach McCurdy is able to get his kids to develop and and be really effective and then also be balanced is special. Looking back on that team again, I mean, those kids also defended pretty well. They held their opponents to an average of 47 points a game. you got to be excited about ALA Ironwood with an emphasis on sharing the ball, defending, and rebounding. You pair that with some really good players returning – Oh, and also, just a quick side note, their big guy on that championship run a couple of years ago averaged 17 and 10. I mentioned that already. This is exciting to think about this because ALA Ironwood has a big that's about 6'6 that's coming up. And 
I mean, you got to be excited about Coach McCurdy. He's had a, a track record of working with bigs and then being successful. You got to hope that he's going to be able to do the same thing with these kids over at ALA Ironwood. He's got some really great experience with that. ALA Ironwood is going to surprise some people moving into next season. Reyes, tell our listeners what else is going on in Arizona small ball. There's some breaking news in Page as well. Hey, there's huge breaking news, and that's just not with the Page boy rush turning over to the Page girls in the 3A. And for those of you who are listening, should know if you're a true Arizona small ball fan, Page Sand Devils girls basketball team, they are as dominant as can be, Coach. You know, they're so they're they're so fun to watch. They they all they play as a team. That's one thing. Like just as we talked about, every girl can score on that team. It's pretty insane. Like even the bench, you know, can give you a bucket if they want. So with that, the breaking news is Ryan Whitehorse, who is the head coach for Page, he decided to step down and to pursue it to continue his education at the University of Arizona. So like before we move on. Props to him, you know what I'm saying? That's tough to lead because what I'm about to tell you, sure. he, in his five years of coaching, he has gone to the state title game five times. And out of those five, <laughs> out of those five times, Coach, he's won three of them. He carries an overall career record of 117 wins and 23 losses in his five-year span, and his winning percentage is 84%. Oh my gosh. Run. But once he's finished continuing his education at the University of Arizona, he plans on coming back. So hopefully within that next year or two, when he's getting his education, hopefully he's still thinking about Paige Girls and hopefully making another run. Who knows? But shout out to him. Five years, three state titles. That's, that's a lot to do. That's, that's great. Earlier in the season, we saw the Paige Girls playing, and it was before the game. And I don't know if you were there, you might have been there, but one of the kids on our guys varsity team leaned forward and everyone was kind of laughing and he just kind of said, coach, do you think we could beat him? And I was like, well, I mean, I had to tell him, yeah, we could, but they were good, man. I mean, they would have competed with a lot of guys teams. I mean, they, they pressured, they fly around. They're, they're a great squad. The way they space the floor with their shooting. My God. Uh, it's crazy, man. And, and the way they just play together as a team, props to Coach Whitehorse, everything that you've done there for serving Arizona Small Bowl. We're going to talk about our way too early preseason top 10 for the 3A. But before we do, check this out. Every year, teams graduate seniors, and that's just part of the cycle. Things happen like that, and we as coaches prepare for it, and we're not surprised when that kind of stuff happens. This year has been unlike any other that I have ever seen as far as graduating seniors. Uh, Bryce, I'm trying to think. Your senior year, how many how many kids graduated on your senior year team? Uh, I believe six. Six. About six. And I think that's kind of on like the higher number, you know, I like a lot. When, I thought, yeah, yeah a when a team graduates six players, that that's kind of a lot. Uh, I went to a small school, so we didn't have many seniors on my team. I think we had two. But regardless, uh, this year, and this is when, when I think about this season, it, it's kind of bizarre. The top 10 that ended the season altogether, if you count how many seniors graduated from the top 10, 70 seniors graduated from the top 10 at the ending of this past season. Think about that. That's a lot, Coach. That is a lot. That is unbelievable. I've, I've never heard of that many players graduating on that side. So 
what I want to say before we get into our top 10 is the word for this season is opportunity for you players listening that maybe you had, I mean, like Winslow, they lost 11 seniors on their team that graduated. Man, opportunity coming from every angle, right? From Valley Christian, they graduated 10 seniors. Uh, Opportunity. Coaches, if your team was on the cusp and you were right on the verge of being competitive, opportunity for you that now actually has the experienced team to now go and do some damage in the regular season and hopefully leading into the tournament. Before we get into our top 10, I just wanted to say that because that was crazy, man. 70 seniors in the top 10. And I wanted to emphasize that about opportunity. It's important to note that teams that did not participate in the AIA last season are excluded from this list. We're sure this is going to jack things up a little bit when the season actually comes around because we all know that these teams can play. But we can really only go off of what we know, what we've seen in the past year. It's hard to make a judgment on a team with that big of a gap before actually seeing them play. With that being said, Reyes, what's a team that you think would have been on this list of the way too early preseason top 10 that did not participate in last season because of COVID? Well, just one team, or I can I can name a couple, but first off, I'll just say they moved up to the 3A, and I feel like they would have competed very well, and they could have been a, way, a top 10 team easily. That's exactly who I picked, man. You're such a bum, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll just say too. And, and I mean, I think we should say this because we haven't mentioned this on the show yet. How much of a bummer is it not having all the res teams been playing in the mix? Yeah. That's been a bummer, man. It's a huge loss because, like I said, that small ball, I mean, he, that's res, I mean, that's res ball. You know what I'm saying? Those teams, they're so tight. They're tiny. They're small. You know, that's, that's a legitimate definition of small ball. Every kid's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe. You know what I'm saying? But they just run and gun fast breaks, transition threes. Like, you just got to love it. Full court pressure the whole game. Gosh. What a, what and and some key teams that were left out during this time is say Tuba City, Window Rock, Chin Lee. All in all, these teams, all of these, at, at least for sure two of them, yeah. three of them, they would have been in this preseason top 10 list because they're just always in the mix, like a Chin Lee like an Alcha say, they're always going to be there. But again, because of that gap, we just don't know enough about them. And we don't really want to just put a team on the preseason top 10 because of who they are. We want to see what you got, you know. So uh, I'm sure it's going to jack things up a little bit. That's just kind of where we are. And we kind of thought alike in our top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. A little. Yeah, a little bit. A little. Definitely the, the, the right teams. We had similar teams, just different orders for sure. So so let's get into it. We will start with number 10. What I've got for my way too early preseason top 10, number 10, I have Sabino in that 10 spot. Man, I actually, I feel for Sabino so much because we were watching so much of them here at the end of the, of the season. They had their game against Rincon. Uh, they had all these different things going on, and out of nowhere, they just kind of got bumped out of the playoff spot. Uh, and then they bumped back in, and they were kind of all over the place. It was just – and then they got a crappy seating because of all these things. They had kind of an interesting season, especially towards the end. Uh, they got matched up with a tough, tough uh, valley right there in the first round. They're going to be led by number one, Lee, number 20, and number 24. They've got some good players coming up. It's going to be a big loss, though. They lost their number 21 
Ah, I forgot what his name was, but number 21, he's averaging like 21.1 points a game. Kid's a stud. That's definitely some stuff that they're going to be missing, but I still have them in that 10 spot. I think they're going to get better, and they're going to be able to compete for sure. For me, for my way to early top 10, I have Sabino as well. Like Just like all the things that you just said, you know what I'm saying? They, they lose a kid 6'4", can score, can get whatever he wants. Next, like I said, they have other pieces too as well with their seniors. And like I said, their younger group is – you know, fairly good, you know what I'm saying? They can compete. I just don't see them in that top five spot yet. So, for, like I said, for top 10, I think that's perfect for them. They'll be floating around there. Number 21 is Jackson. That's who it is. Jackson. 21.1 yeah, points a game. Okay. He's a stud. Yeah. You look like you tell you were thinking about that. Moving on uh, with number nine for my way too early to, uh, top 10. For number nine, I have Eastmark. And this team was actually really fun okay. to watch. And to get to see play a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Athletic, quick guards, you know what I'm saying? They very similar to like a um, almost like a, like a reservation team, you know what I'm saying? I would like to say, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They do got some size, but like overall, like they were just a fun team to watch. That's why I have them at number nine. They're, they're a lot of fun, and I have Eastmark in the top ten as well. I just have them ranked a little bit different than you. My number nine actually goes to Northwest Christian. You know how much. I love Northwest Christian. We both love Northwest Christian. They're a tough, hard-nosed team. They returned some really great players. One who is not returning, which makes me sad. So sad. Rocky Maniachi. I gotta say it one more time, man. We I feel like we could mention him every day on the show, and that every day. Would be okay, uh, kid's a stud. But some key players that they are returning is number twenty-five, Andrew Best. He's their big, and I thought he was of their bigs. Their better one with some more potential. He's about six-nine, and they also returned their shooter, number eleven, Logan Mosier, for his senior season. Both of them will be seniors, and I think that Logan Mosier is probably going to have to take on more of a role, yeah, other than just a shooter. Probably more of dribble drive and, and things like that. But I think he definitely has the ability to do that kind of stuff. Uh, they also have some really great players moving up. I don't know what they feed those kids. Coach Cook, I don't know what you feed them over at Northwest Christian, but your kids are just stout and strong kids. I've got them over at number nine. I'm just a huge fan of Northwest. I think that they're great. I, I love Coach Cook. I like the kids that he's got. They work hard. They're just studs, man. They're, they're tough kids. Okay, moving on to number eight. For my number eight spot, I've got Camp Verde. And Camp Verde has been an interesting kind of team to watch. If you watch the playoffs at all, they actually played Paige to a really close game. Really like the guards over there at Camp Verde. Coach Wall is doing a great job with those kids and with that program. Really respectable. They do return a great guard in Chino Salisaria, averaging over 20 points a game. Got some other great guards around him, too. They got a big there with uh, uh, Herrera. Uh, really, really great stuff going on. There. I got Camp Verde in the eighth spot. I think they compete. They lost one kid, uh, one kid this past season, and they competed really well with all of these top teams that they that they had some competition with uh, as far as their region. You had Northwest, Fountain Hills, Page. They competed really well with all of those teams, and they only lost one kid. It's a big loss, but moving forward, they're going to be one of the most experienced teams in the three and moving forward. I think they're going to have a pretty good spot there in the eight spot. No. Yeah. And see, this is where we're going to differ just a little bit. So for, like I said, for my eight spot, I actually have Northwest Christian in the eight spot. I like them. They're a really well-run program. Great. Like I said, coach. Great. I don't know what he has in the drinky fountains at Northwest Christian, 
or maybe it's just <laughs> what were they doing at in service whatever they're doing with their kids the cafeteria the cafeteria the, cafeteria, the lunch ladies are probably putting something into their milk but with that being i wouldn't said, be surprised if we went to northwest christian and they were all just eating like ribeye steaks or something they're just, just huge great, over there just red meat yeah just I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know what's going on, but like I, said, I like the program. You know what I'm saying? Coach hasn't bought in. Not offensively. I mean, like I said, offense counts, but defensively, coach, I just think they're so fun to watch. They get after it. Like they're just bought in. They just play so hard because they're not really known for a basketball school, for being completely honest. They're more of like a baseball, football type school. So they got hard nosed players competing in basketball and they mm-hmm. do it really well. So I have them in the eighth spot. Now, moving on with that, with my seventh spot, this is where we flip flop. I have Cam Verde in the seventh spot. The reason why, just like you said, they have a re- they have a lot of returning guards. Actually, a lot of ju- a lot of juniors now that are going to be seniors. Like I said, they're going to be experienced, led by Chino Salazaria, kid averaging twenty one points a game, little over four assists. He's shifty. He's a really tough kid. Like I said, they got a big six four, can finish a little bit. He's he's got a lot better, got a lot more experience. So, and like I said, Coach Wall, he does he does really good for the program. Put a lot of time in their development, as we can see. So it's going to be great to see. So I have Cam Verde number seven. Okay. My number seven is different than yours, obviously. I've got Snowflake at number seven. Um, I really like Snowflake. I thought they were a great team this past season, obviously making it to a championship and competing super well. Uh, Snowflake at number seven. They're going to be led by number 12, Brewer. Number 23, uh, bomb that they've just got some really great players and it's not that that brewer even averaged a ton last year i think he averaged about six or seven points a game but if you remember him in that final four run i mean he was clutch down the stretch yep. and he can give you buckets he's a great player uh, coaches listening if you don't know about number 12 brewer on snowflake you need to if you see him on the court You've got to lock him up and find out where he's at. Also, bomb. They're going to be led by those two players. They've got some really good kids coming up as well. Um, a big that will kind of fill the place of Stewart. Uh, that was their biggest loss from last season. You know, Snowflake. He was averaging about 18 points a game. He was a stud. Um, they've got a big that's coming up from their JV squad that could potentially. Now he's not going to be as good as Stewart, but he could potentially do some at least fill in for that spot and be a, a pretty solid player there. Uh, but I got Snowflake there at number seven. And at number six, this is where we think differently as well. Okay. For my number six, I've got, I've got Eastmark. Actually, Eastmark is one of my teams to watch this next season. I really like Eastmark. I think I like them a little bit too much. From last year, they were pretty competitive with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they didn't really lose. They actually they didn't lose anybody. Like they lost zero people. They were extremely competitive. They need to improve on defense. The Eastmark number twenty three Mayberry as a freshman was averaging twelve point five points per game, uh, nine rebounds. Number three Wells was averaging ten points per game and five rebounds. Uh, number ten Gotham averaged about ten and seven. They're just really young and super athletic, man. I think that their biggest thing is they need to get more consistent on defense. Yeah. They're my sleeper this year in the 3A, though. I like Eastmark a lot. That's right. They're my sleeper, Coach. I, I like them so much. Watching them, they compete really hard. I, I like Eastmark. I like them too much. Yeah, so just like I said, that's where, we, that's where it kind of tied shift a little bit. Because for number six, for me, I have Snowflake. All the things you said, you know, replacing Stuart West, that's a tough task. He was... 
he wasn't as big. I mean, he wasn't big. I mean, six four is big, but in reality, you know, in the conference in the three A, you got kids that are six seven, six nine, even like said six ten uh, Stuart Sandal for Page. You sure. know what I mean? So it was literally a tall task to handle in the three A. So I mean, six four technically he's undersized for a big, but man, he did work. And like I said, all the other senior leaders that they had on that team, I just feel like their JV will be able to step in and not quite take the place of what Snowflake did this year, but they'll be able to be really consistent because they're a really well, really well ran team, coached well, you know, overall just a good program. So I think that's why I have them at six. They have a lot of kids that are coming up that are like the same type of kid that they lost. Like they've just got, like you said, they got a really good program and they're moving some kids up into that. Yeah. I think what they do for their player development and just probably just seeing in the games and stuff like that. I think the coach does a really good job with that and just making sure that like his system is tight. You know what I'm saying? For the next upcoming, you know, freshmen, mm-hmm. juniors, whoever's going to that varsity level. Number five, I have ALA Ironwood coach. And like I said, even though they lost their coach and stuff like that, ALA Ironwood, they were a tough team, weren't they? What were they ranked this season? 11th? They didn't squeeze into the top 10 this year, I believe, right? Yeah, they didn't squeeze in. They were kind of right on the cusp. They were right on the cusp, but, like, what like what I really like about this team, they didn't really lose a lot. I mean, you know, gosh, Coach, they're returning quite a bit. Tough, good quality guards. I don't know. I, I didn't get really watching this a lot this season, but the times I did, I was really impressed with their younger kids and just the returners. So that's why I have them at five. They've got a lot of really good young kids. They lost one kid who's very significant, but yeah. the others, like they're young kids, they're really good. I, I really like the way that they play. They're, they're really good. I like them a lot. My number five and my five spot is Fountain Hills. I really, I mean, Coach Bonner does an amazing job with those kids in his program. I mean, they are studs, man. They all just seem really, really solid. Their JV squad, I watched a game with them when they played against Scottsdale Christian, and these JV kids were playing like prison rules, man. They were all over the place. They're diving on the floor. These kids play so hard and so intense. They're all over the place. I think one of the biggest things that's going to help Fountain Hills is they're returning one of the best point guards in the 3A that maybe you've never heard of. That's Xavier Mike. I love Xavier Mike. He's not somebody who's going to blow you away on the stat sheet. He's not somebody who's going to do anything amazing. He just does a lot of little things for that team. And thinking about how many players they lost moving into the next season, having a key point guard to help those younger kids come up and to run. I mean, we know at Fountain Hills, and you said this a lot, Coach, that they could run a two-minute offense easily. And for Xavier Mike to be able to orchestrate that and to just be patient and get, you don't have to have the most talented, experienced kids if you're patient and you get exactly what you want. And Fountain Hills, I think Coach Bond is going to do an amazing job with that. They're disciplined. They've got great defense. There's a really good chance that these kids are going to be back just where they were last year, just because of the coaching and that good point guard play. Moving on to number four, ALA Ironwood. I love ALA Ironwood. I almost feel like I love them around the same as I did with Eastmark. Lost their biggest loss. You mentioned some of their losses. Um, They lost number two, Jackson. He averaged about 17 points per game, which is a big loss. But their young players are awesome. Number five, I'm going to butcher your name, and I'm sorry. I think it's Arellaldo. Number 11, Taylor. Number 24, Wood. Number 33, Allen. They're all studs, and they're all pretty young. Two of those are sophomores, going to be juniors. The other two are juniors, going to be seniors. 
Uh, they're just great players. They have some great size. Their bigs are about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and, I mean, their point guard, number 11, he's just got a super great feel for the game. I mean, the kid is good with running offense. Uh, their other big kid, he's kind of taller and lankier. Uh, he's, he's tough. I mean, they've got some great players. And I think with the addition of Coach McCurdy, there's going to be some brand new excitement surrounding the program. Usually when you have a new coach who has done some pretty good things and had some good success in the past, it motivates your kids to work even harder. I think it's going to be really good for ALA Ironwood. I have them at number four. Interesting. Like I said, that's where things change a little bit, tide shift, because we just flip-flop right there. I had ALA I really five. hope that, like, when all this stuff shakes out, I – I'm right and you're wrong. I hope that's so bad. I, you're going to be wrong and I'm going to be right. I'm going to manifest no, it. We'll see, we'll see. Like I said, you had ALA four, I had them five. I have Fallon Hills four just because of the reasons you said. They're bringing back Xavier Mike. Experienced point guard who can run their offense. Fallon Hills offense, man, they're not in trans. I mean, they'll go in transition, but, man, in the half court, they're pretty lethal, coach. They will kill they you. They will wear you down. They will wear you down. You know what I'm saying? They get the defense tired, make get you standing up. You know what I'm saying? So with that being – and like I said, Xavier Mike, he's consistent. He won't blow you away on the stat sheet, but he does what he needs to do to win for the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And their JV team, I mean, we I've seen him. They're tough, man. Like I said, like prison rules, I like that analogy. That's pretty funny. But, like, <laughs> they got some – God, they got some nice pieces added for Fallon Hills, and they're big, bigger guards, bigger kids. You know, they got like a six-four kid, I believe, on JV who's gonna be coming up. So a lot of length, yeah. A lot of length. I mean, I think Coach Bonner is gonna do a really great job with their development over this offseason, and then come season, regular season, when the rankings come out, we'll see them at number four. That that's good. I, I like Fountain Hills a lot. I don't think that's a bad pick at all, and. It's funny, all of our teams are the same in the town. It's just all jumbled, you know. There's jumbled around, you know, just different areas. Yeah, number three, this is where we both kind of, you know, I think we can agree for number three is Push Ridge, you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. from – Sure. Yeah, just from this season, you know what I'm saying? They were they were tough, you know what I'm saying? They had a guard that can shoot the lights out with the ball. They all can shoot pretty fairly well. They play defense. Great coach team, you know. Now the coach, Eric, like I said, really well-ran coach team. Love the way your kids play. I mean, although Northwest won that game, God, there was just so many great moments, and you just saw a lot of key players that are going to be coming back next year for them that can make a really big impact. So, like I said, shouts out to you, Coach Eric. Yeah, and mainly, I mean, one of the biggest players, and their their best players were like freshmen and sophomore, which is really really cool. Uh, Jordan Voorhees is a really good young point guard. He averaged like seven points per game. And he's got a really, really nice feel for the game. One of the things that he needs to kind of work on, I think, that I'd like to see him improve on a little better, and I think he will, is his assist-to-turnover ratio is a little lopsided. And that just kind of comes with experience and all that. But he's a great player. I really like him. I really see him improving and just growing into that role. Robinson and Turtle for their team, they both average about 12 a game, and they're a key role coming back. I think they're going to be great. You remember watching that game against Northwest? That was fun, man. That was a fun game to watch. And like I said, shout out to Rocky. We're going to miss you, man. But, hey. Oh, man, gosh. The legend lives on. He will never die. Gosh, I know. Okay, number two. I think we both agree on two and one, right? Yeah, pretty much our top, but it was fairly the same, Coach. It was good. So, for number two, we got Gilbert Christian. 
And uh, shout out to Coach K, Coach Keener over at Gilbert Christian. They lost five seniors uh, this past year. And they put really what I'm doing and putting Gilbert Christian at number two, I'm putting a lot of stock in Albert Wilson. Uh, this kid is a stud. If you don't know about him, what did he average? I think it was 20 and 10 a game. Uh, a stud of a player. He is going to his junior year, and I think he's going to be a great anchor for this team. They've also got some really good kids on JV coming up. I mean, they're well coached. Gilbert Christian is a really, really good team. A couple kids to highlight on their JV squad, um, number 14, number 21, and number five on their JV. I mean, they've got some nice size. There's some nice players. I think that they're going to really be super – I think they're going to be more competitive than they were this past year. Ooh, interesting take, and I like that too. I like that. With that being said, I mean, like I said, pretty much from top three, it's pretty much the same, and I chose Gilbert Christian number two for the same reason you did, Albert Wilson. I'm putting a lot of stock into this kid. I think next year is going to be a big year for him. He averaged a double-double this season, Coach. I mean, what more could you ask from the kid? Like, I don't know what other stats he's going to put up. I don't know if his numbers increase or they stay the same, but this, this kid's tough, Coach, and I believe he can lead a team, you know what I'm saying, with upcoming uh, JV players up to that varsity level coach k shout out to you you really run a great program so i, I can't wait to see their development over this over this off season in the summer ball who knows maybe we'll be able to catch a couple games and watch them play but hey that's why i'm excited for gilbert christian a lot of stock in albert wilson coach are you ready to make a hot take and say that albert wilson will be the player of the year next year uh, I don't know if I'm not ready for that. I could tell you my player of the year, but we could talk about that for a next episode, maybe. That's good. I like that. I like that. that that's for our next episode. Moving on with that for our final. That brings us to number one, right? This brings us to number one. And I think we can both agree. I, I like to hear what you got to say, because what I'm going to say is just from overall, just research and just knowing the team. And that's Valley Christian. Valley Christian, for those of you who listen and those who you are fans of small ball and stuff like that in the 3A, Valley Christian's a tough squad. Um, they always are. They, I feel like they never really have a down year, Coach. I think from the past five seasons, they're always either number one or number two in the 3A. I think the lowest I've seen them in the past, like, five years is ranked number five. But, Coach, what they bring to the table, they usually have an athletic kid, athletic guards, a big that can shoot from the outside and obviously, you know, bring it in the paint. There is a really well-ran coach team, so that's why I have them at number one. Just overall the consistency over the past, like, five years. And we mentioned about how many kids were exiting and graduating from the top yes. ten. Valley Christian lost ten seniors, including Jaden DeBoer, right? Yes. I mean, they, they just – and Jacob Rice. They lost some really key players, and it was kind of hard for me at first. I was struggling at who to put at number one. And then watching Valley Christian's JV squad, they've got some really, really good players on JV that are moving up into varsity. It seems like they're going to be able to reload pretty fast. And also, I mean, who knows who's going to show up on campus next year? You know, uh, just who knows what's going to happen. And wow. Valley Christian, I, I really think they're going to be able to reload pretty good. And they're going to be very, very competitive. I can't wait to watch Valley and Gilbert play against each other again, because that's just a great, that's a great rivalry, man. I love it. It's a fun one to watch, man. Gilbert Christian has got the best of them. So, see, it's, it's a fun one. Now, a couple teams that, that we did leave out that, that are kind of interesting to note, uh, Paige and Winslow. This was another tough thing for us, kind of looking at this stuff, because 
Winslow, I mean, they're, they're a legitimate contender almost every year. I think the last time they had a, a down year, and even that, they were above 500. I think they're like 14, 13 or something. Yeah. It was like 2012, 2013 season. So they have been pretty close, if not at the top, most every year. But, but the difference is this year Winslow graduated 11 seniors. 11. 11. And the difference is that their freshman squad, I don't think they had as many games. And, you know, it's a weird year with COVID. I wouldn't be shocked to see if Winslow just kind of ha- had to take some time to, to get some more players up. Now, again, we might be wrong, and Winslow could prove us wrong and come out and be just up at the top again. But they've just lost so much. And on top of that, uh, just not having as consistent of a freshman season as, as they probably would have normally had. It's kind of a weird year. And then also with Paige, you know, uh, Paige didn't have a JV squad and uh, they lost their key players moving forward. It's uh, it's it's pretty interesting to think about all that stuff because it is a different year. No, I agree with that, too. And like you said, we pretty much had Winslow and Paige off of the top 10, but some notable notable teams to include. Like, don't be shocked if they are in the top 10. But just for us, as of right now, from what they lost, they're just not in the top 10. Doesn't mean they're not a top 10 team. But just for us, just not right now. Like, I just got to see it just both because, like I said, Paige didn't have a JV team, Winslow freshman team, questionable up in the air. So who knows? This offseason is going to be really huge for all teams this year. It's going to be see who comes back or who's an incoming freshman or what stand-up play. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be really fun to see for this season. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. If you want to be a part of the action, you can find us on Facebook. For players, check us out on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at SmallBallPodAZ. Let us know, do you agree with our top 10? How do we get it wrong? How do you think different than we do? Because we want to we hear what you guys' input is. Hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in and supporting Arizona Small Ball. Catch you next week.